0: drive but Scott Warp speed now. Warp one, engage. Warp speed, engage. Warp speed now. No matter what the generation, no matter what the show, it's warp speed. Engage, Picard Captain Kirk, Scotty, we need more warp power, we need more speed, speed, speed kills, one of my favorite lines from Halloween, speed kills, and Michael Myers stops the car, but let's get back to Star Trek, I am Will, I am your host, sci-fi guy, Welcome. After a brief uh, pause, everyone's been talking about Will Smith. Everyone has been talking about the slap, the clap, and the flap. But on to more uh, intellectual and space-worthy pursuits. Even though Will Smith has been one of the the best or certainly the most profitable sci-fi stars, Independence Day iRobot. Many, many great science fiction movies. I am Legend. So we'll see where his career goes. Will it still be in the stratosphere, in the space uh, warp, like tonight? Or will uh, it come become grounded? But we're talking about warp drive. And, you know, we, we watch Star Trek and shows, even though Science fiction movies, even though Warp Drive is an exclusive to Star Trek, it has become more well known, more connected, and more associated with Star Trek than any other science fiction franchise institution. But in terms of the concept, in terms of the age, it predates Star Trek. This is right from the wiki warp drive, a warp drive or a drive enabling space warp is a fictional superluminal spacecraft propulsion system in many science fiction works. Most notably, of course, Star Trek and a subject of ongoing physics research. So let's stop there. This is not, you know, um, like some people think even maybe some, some, um, you know, well, well informed fans. Warp drive, um, even though still theoretical, even though still even, quote unquote, you know, in science fiction, it is being explored, it's being uh, studied in, in true physics research. Let's go on. The general concept of warp drive was introduced by John W. Campbell in his 1957 novel, Islands of Space, and of course has been popularized by the Star Trek series and movies. It is a fictional implementation of the Cubert Drive, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Alcubierre or Alcuberry Drive, a theoretical solution of the field equations of the general theory of relativity. And of course, that goes to Albert Einstein, published in 1916. So that's how old we're talking about in terms of uh, true scientific concepts and theory. So again, what really is it, right? I mean, we know it's we know it's faster than light. In order to, you know, pilot our our fictional starships and in order to get our our uh, you know, starship butts into gear to other solar systems, other parts of the galaxy, we need to travel faster than light. So, warp drive is one of the fundamental features of the Star Trek franchise and one of the best-known examples of space warp drive in fiction. And this is really, really interesting. In the first pilot episode of Star Trek, the original series, The Cage, it is referred to as a hyperdrive, with Captain Pike stating the speed to reach planet Talos IV as time warp factor seven. The warp drive in Star Trek is one of the most detailed fictional technologies there is. Compared to the hypers, uh, compared to the hyperspace drives of other fictional uni- universes, such as Star Wars, that comes right to mind, it differs in that a spaceship does not leave the normal space-time continuum, and instead the space-time itself is distorted, as is made possible in the general theory of relativity. So again, this is very important. Instead of other theories, concepts, or for other fictional universes, and again, in, in the uh, the Star Wars fr- franchise and, and universe, um, it's hyperspace, and that is, you know, taking your your starship, your vehicle, and going into, you know, abnormal or another type of space with warp drive the space time itself is distorted. So you're changing the space. So you're, you're changing the, the, the rules. You're sort of doing m- m- almost like a Kobayashi Maru, right? You're, you're kind of breaking the rules of, of your current space uh, time and distorting it so that you can get to the faster than light. So the basic functional principles of warp drive in Star Trek is the same for all spaceships. A strong energy source, uh, usually a so-called warp core Sometimes called an intermixed chamber. I, I like intermixed chamber, I think that sounds cooler. The warp core is great. The intermixed chamber generates a high energy plasma. This plasma is transported to the so-called warp field generators via lines that are reminiscent of pipes. Then the generators are basically coils and then warp cells, and these generate a subspace field, the so-called warp field or warp bubble, which distorts space-time and propels the bubble and spaceship in the bubble forward. So again that's another you know um pretty important and interesting uh you know element of the concept you're you're literally making sort of a bubble and and the ship is riding within that or on that so it's distorting space-time and it's propelling the bubble and the spaceship in the bubble forward so you're sort of bubble you're you're um you know distorting space-time projecting this bubble around the ship and that's moving forward and it's taking the, the the starship, the Enterprise, Voyager, the Defiant, what have you, Discovery, in the new in the new uh, in the new series. Now, many of course, you know designs or or energy sources. Of course, the the most well known is dilithium, and that powers the uh, the engines. But the Romulans, for example, use artificial micro black holes called quantum singularity, and we know what. What chaos and what mischief that gets into uh, a great episode of Next Generation called Timescape, which uh, plays with that. So it's one of my favorites. So throughout the series, there was always uh, you know sort of debates or you know how fast is warp you know nine to the, sometimes they would say warp fourteen. So for Next Generation, Gene Roddenberry called upon Michael Okuda to revise it and to sort of you know contain and uh, control it. So right now, Warp 9 is 1,500 times faster than Warp 1, and it's sort of the ultimate, uh, well, 9.9. 9. 9. So you can't really go beyond that uh, unless you do sort of transwarps or kind of cheats. And they say uh, they introduced a so-called transwarp concept but without a fixed definition. It is effectively, okay, a catch-all phrase for all technologies and natural phenomena that enable speeds above Warp 9.9. Yeah, 9. So, and Rick Sternbach, of course, one of the great creatives on the show, he says, finally, quote, finally, we had to provide some loophole for various powerful aliens like Q, who have a knack for tossing the ship millions of light years in the time of a commercial break. This lets Q and his friends have fun in the 9.999 plus range, but also lets our ship travel slowly enough to keep the galaxy a big place and meets the other criteria, right? Because if you have these ships, even though they're incredibly fast, if you have them traveling you know, in, in seconds or minutes instead of many hours or days, you know, then you know, a lot of, a lot of that, um, those plots and, and, and the drama sort of, you know, evaporates though. Who wouldn't want to, you know, jet around the, uh, the, the galaxy warp around like Q by just snapping our fingers, boom, and we're there. So that's about it. I mean, it's pretty complex. You guys could research more on your own, but that's the basics you're creating, you're distorting space-time with an energy source, you know, powerful enough, creating this warp bubble, and that coasts the ship along, almost like a surfboard in a way, or, or uh, well, a bubble, like they say, a warp bubble. So there you go. Hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're enjoying Sci-Fi Guy. Subscribe if you have not. You can do the freebies or the I call it the paid people for four ninety nine. The paid uh, subscription gets you some exclusives that the freebies do not. But either or, you're welcome. Live long and prosper. We'll see you soon.